This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. In his masterful work, The Pursuit of God, A.W. Tozer wrote, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same tuning fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So, 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart, nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. The same sentiment is echoed by Jesus himself in John 17, as he speaks about the relationship between unity and witness. They are perhaps some of the most important words that Jesus ever spoke. Verses 10 through 19 of John 17 read, Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost, except the son of destruction, so that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them, because they are not of the world, but just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so that they may also be sanctified by the truth. As I read these words, I struggle to take in the vast and stunning truths that are present here. It's as if the shades are peeled back and we are given an intimate look into the heart and mind of Jesus with private communications with the Father and the depth of his prayer for his disciples. It's all just stunning. Jesus begins the chapter with, It's time. The hour has come. The hour is the reference that John uses with great effect about Jesus' true coming, which was to die for humanity's sin. This was truly his finest hour. But what is so astounding is what Jesus says in verse 4. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now we have to ask ourselves, what work is he talking about? He hasn't died on the cross yet. He hasn't risen from the grave yet. Of what work, then, is he speaking? Well, he gives us a clue in verse 6. I have revealed your name to the people that you gave me from the world. They were yours, 
and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So what work was Jesus completing? It was his ministry to his disciples. Jesus' work that he had been given to do was none other than to reveal God's name to the people through his word. This calling is the ministry of discipleship. Jesus then displays that heart of discipleship for these men. He has to leave them to die on the cross, and his heart is not broken for himself, but for them. Jesus prays that God the Father will protect them. Now, what is he asking God to protect them from doing? He asks that God will protect them from self-destructing. See, Jesus knew that the greatest threat to their existence and an effective witness in the world was their own self-destructive nature. They were his message in the world, and he knew that message would self-destruct if left on their own. The group would fragment and break into factions and never achieve what it was supposed to be if they were not held together in unity by the Spirit of God himself. And so he prays that they would be one, not just one, but one like the Father and the Son are one. Now this relationship is astounding. Jesus and the Father were so lost in one another that it's difficult to find where one ends and the other begins. Jesus' life and ministry were so hidden in the Father's will and submitted to his wishes that it would eventually lead to his own death. Indeed, in just a few minutes, Jesus would pray, Not my will, but yours be done. That would lead to inhumane injustice, brutal beatings, and a cruel cross. Why? So that the Father's will would be done so that Jesus could give eternal life to everyone whom the Father had given him. Jesus was protecting their unity while he was with them, but now he was going to die, verse 13. This level of complete submission and unity with the Father's purposes was the joy of Jesus. This pursuit was his joy to fulfill the Father's will. It's where he found joy. He would say this several times throughout the Gospels, John 4, John 6, right from the beginning, this was his joy and purpose. Now he wants that joy to be completed in them. He wants them to know the satisfaction that comes from unity, not just with one another, but with the Father. Their horizontal unity physically with one another depended on their spiritual unity vertically with the Father. This is achieved only as they learn to submit to the Father's will, just as Jesus did. Jesus submitted to the Father's will, and this resulted in his joy. Now Jesus is praying that they will submit to the Father's will, and in so doing, become one with him, hidden in him, lost in his purposes for them, and find the same joy that Jesus found in that submission. That submission would result in unity with the Father and with one another. You see, when we walk in rebellion, we will always walk in disunity. But when we walk in submission vertically, we will walk in unity horizontally. But it isn't achieved by us striving for that unity. It's achieved by striving to submit vertically to God's will in our life. This relationship is critical for our understanding about the relationship between unity, submission, and witness. You see, they're all connected. Jesus is praying that they would be protected from the evil one that would presumably try to attack them through the opposite of what Jesus had done. Jesus had found joy through submission and unity with the Father. 
And so the evil one would challenge them from within by promoting selfishness and autonomy, and thereby stealing their joy and destroying their witness. What then is the remedy for such attacks? How do we learn to lose ourselves in the purposes of God? How do we find the joy of Jesus completed or fulfilled in us? How do we achieve the unity horizontally that Jesus enjoyed with the Father? How do we withstand the attacks of the enemy? Well, he tells us in verse 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify is the Greek word hagiazo. It means to make holy, to set apart for a special purpose. Jesus is praying that he would set them apart for a specific purpose, to make them holy, to change them from what they were to what he knew that they should be. So how does God change us? How does he set us apart for a specific purpose? Well, it's the truth of the word of God that changes our hearts. We are set apart by his word. Set us apart for what? Well, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world, Jesus said. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I set myself apart for a specific purpose, namely to reveal God's word to these disciples and to die for them so that they might be set apart for this purpose. And it is for this purpose that Jesus was sent into the world. And it is for this purpose that Jesus sent the disciples into the world. But not just them. Look at verse 20. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. And Jesus prays the same thing for those who would believe through their word. Friend, that's you and me. Jesus' prayer for you today is that you and I will be so unified by being so submitted to the Father's will for our lives, through being saturated with God's word, that the world will believe. And that will be our joy to be so lost in God's character and his purposes that all will see our unity because we're all so focused on displaying the Father's glory in the world. Let me try this again. Jesus revealed God's glory, that is the character of God to the world. He surrendered his will to the Father's will at all costs to display that Father's character in the world, humanly speaking. This display was his joy. His greatest joy was to surrender to his Father's will and in so doing, declare the character of God to the world. He does this in so many ways through his ministry. And now as his final hour approaches, he says that he's completed that work by displaying the character of God to his disciples. Then he prays, for them, that as he leaves, they will carry this glory, this character of God, into the world. By the way that they live and think and act and respond, their character would be changed to display the nature of God in the world. They would come to understand and embrace this character by being saturated in the words of God, namely his truth, the Bible. 
he then would send them into the world with the same witness that he came, the purpose for which he was sanctified or set apart to reveal the character of the Father to the world. And then he would send them out and their witness would spread to others down to this generation where we are given the same responsibility in this world. We are to display the character and the glory of God in this generation by how we think and we act, live, and respond. And when we submit to the Father's will and walk in unity together, this will be our joy. When we do this, the world will believe that Jesus was who he said he was and that the Father had sent him to bring eternal life to the world. So what's at stake in our conformity to Christ. Our witness, our unity, our joy, our heritage, our Savior's death, our Father's will. In a word, unity is not a goal that we achieve. It's a byproduct of conformity to Christ. And as we learn to conform to the image of Christ, to become like Him through His Word, by the Spirit, our lives are sanctified. Our fellowship is unified, our witness is multiplied, and our God is glorified. These things happen as we learn to conform to the image of Christ, who was so lost in the purposes of the Father that he submitted to his plan and was willing to die to make it happen. Now that he has done so, we are called to do the same. So Jesus, help us realize that everything hangs on this conformity to you. Our witness, joy, fellowship, and impact, they all depend on this transformation. And as we learn to submit to you, to change into your likeness, the world will see Jesus in us. And if they see Jesus, they will see the fullest glory of the Father and his goal in sending his son to die on a cross to bring many sons to that same glory. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the source of their salvation perfect through suffering. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father, this is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. The instrument through which God does this, the instrument through which God makes his glory known, is through suffering. Jesus suffered, and we will suffer, but God brings us to glory in the process. This glory is the revelation of his character to the world. So Jesus, help us to embrace the suffering that you bring into our lives, coupled with the Spirit's testimony through the Word, to conform us to the image of Christ, so that the world may see that the Father sent you, and that you have sent us. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For the show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. 
For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday as together we help you learn to read your Bible.